Hi, it's Casey. Today we are shining on with the meaning of life. To a soldier, the meaning of life is service. Josine Henderson is retired from the military, but she encourages women to explore their options today. I just love being a soldier. I would encourage that in young women today. And now there's many more opportunities that weren't available to females. The Giordano Foundation and female veterans in the spotlight this morning as they are the least likely to seek out help when they need it. And we'll talk to Timothy Keller about his new book, Making Sense of God. Uh, Victor Frankl, uh, who was in the death camps in World War II, was a Jewish uh, doctor. He saw that the people who believed in something beyond this life were able to keep going in a death camp. But if your meaning in life is your Instagram or it's your body or it's your looks or if it's a relationship with somebody or if it's money or bling, then the death camp will take that away from you and you'll just shrivel up and die because your meaning in life was something that actually was vulnerable. If you're a believer in God or if you're a Christian, then you have a meaning in life that nothing in this world can take away and therefore no matter what the suffering is, you'll still have your meaning in life. More about that on the way. First, we introduce you to Josine Henderson, retired Sergeant Major in the U.S. Army and Director of Operations at the Veterans Outreach Center in Rochester, New York. She's going to be honored next week in Westchester by the Giordano Foundation, an organization that serves women veterans. Josine, why did you join the Army? Probably the largest reason that I joined is because of my father. He is a uh, Korean conflict veteran. He served in the Korean conflict. That, um, in conjunction with the volunteerism that, you know, my folks always instilled in us, you know, I thought, yeah, let, let me think about that. Let me think about how I might be able to serve. And I had a girlfriend who, at the time, the Army was offering a battle buddy program, and so she and I joined together. As it turns out, she decided at the last minute she did not want to join the Army, and I went by myself. So much for a battle buddy, huh? <laughs> I went by myself, but you know, the basic training and and everything, as I'm sure you've heard, is pretty intense. At the end of that eight-week period, I was so glad that I did it. I wouldn't change it for the world. All right. We're talking to Sergeant Major U.S. Army retired Josine Henderson, our guest today. And we're going to talk about the good work the Giordano Foundation is doing as they will be honoring you. But first, I want to give people a look at what life in the reserves was like. How much time a week were you dedicating to the reserve? Well, in the beginning, you know, when you're just a private, um, it's your typical, you know, one weekend a month. But then as you move up in rank and you assume, you know, more duties and more responsibility, that comes with a more time commitment. The way that the reserves are postured now is that if you are a senior enlisted or a senior officer, you can pretty much plan on spending a little bit of time every day devoted to your military duties. You could be traveling the weekends. For example, in my division, you know, at the time we covered eight states. There were often times that the the command team would be traveling to a location or two within those eight states. And that could happen several weeks in a row. I mean, you could go between your civilian job and your your, uh, military job, you could go three weeks in a row with no days off. Wow. What kind of duties did you have and where was home base? 
Well, home for me is um, in the Rochester, New York area. Our division headquarters was also located in um, Rochester. It has since moved to Fort Benning, Georgia, but I retired in 2006. At that time, we were in um, Rochester. Over the period of 30 years, you can imagine that I had a variety of duties, starting with a clerk typist position, then, you know, ending as a sergeant major. I was referred to as a G1 or a, a human resources sergeant major for the division, well, for all the personnel in the division. That's about 3,200 soldiers. Previous to that, I was a command sergeant major for a battalion in Red Bank, New Jersey. So, you know, you're asking about the time commitment. Well, that's traveling, you know, on a Friday, 380 miles one way to your duty location, working for two and a half days and then coming back home and going to your civilian job. And what was your civilian job? I was a creative director at a printing company. So yeah. you've been a busy woman. And now after yeah. after 28 years of this kind of work, you decided uh-huh. active duty for the last two years? Well, I didn't really decide that, Casey. I was actually mobilized. So I received a mobilization order to support our division as they deployed to Iraq. And so I was a rear detachment, meaning I did not go to Iraq, but I went to our mobilization center, which was in Indiana, Camp Atterbury, Indiana. And so my job there was to ensure that all of our 750 soldiers that were deployed to Iraq were ready personnel, training, logistics, you know, they had all their equipment and, you know, coordinate their their flights. So, you know, we had five different mobilizations that went to Iraq um, during that period. So that was my job. And then once the soldiers were in country, provided that day-to-day support to them and their families on the home front. And that's one thing that we always are trying to raise awareness of is, you know, when a soldier serves or, or any other service member is serving, the family serves too. The family so serves very, too. The family serves too. And so it, it, it's very important to be able to provide that kind of assistance to the family. And if you don't know anyone who's in the service, you really are completely deaf, dumb, and blind to what their entire <laughs> lifestyle is like, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. Until you walk in the boots, you really really have no idea. Now, what would you say to maybe young women who are thinking about Mm -hmm. joining the military or the reserves today? What? I just loved, you know, I just loved being a soldier, you know, and um, I would encourage that in young women today. And now there's many more opportunities that weren't available, you know, to females. Um, when I enlisted, I enlisted in 1976, early 1976. Um, even then, it was still segregated. You know, males and females were separate, separate training programs, separate barracks. Everything was, was separate. And if we were even caught talking to a male, we would be fined. Church was safe. We could go to church and then mm-hmm. talk to males. But I would encourage that. There's more um, what we call military occupational specialties or job opportunities. The education benefits for service members and veterans are tremendous. Even if you join the reserves or the National Guard, you know, at the end of your initial enlistment, you become a civilian again. There are a lot of benefits for having served. For example, the post-9-11 GI Bill. Even at at my age, I was able to go back to college and um, get another degree because of my service in the military. So I would just advise females to, you know, meet with a recruiter or someone else who has served 
and learn more about your choices in, in all five branches of the military. I'm not surprised that you went back and got another degree. <laughs> you don't sound like, you know, you just retired and maybe do some gardening. No, that's not my style. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, now you are going to be honored for all of your good work by the oh. Giordano Foundation in Westchester, and they are now turning all their focus to serving women veterans. Can you tell us what our women veterans need? Oh, well, let me tell you about the the Giordano Foundation. They are a wonderful group of ladies, I will tell you, and I just applaud, I just applaud their focus on female veterans. You know, they've always supported women, but um, the new focus on female veterans is just magnificent. What we found, you know, we, we conducted a study, an 18-month study here of female veterans, and what we found is that some issues are the same as male veterans, but we also found, you know, there's um, other issues that female veterans experience that are unique. Here in our community, we're fortunate that we have a wonderful VA medical center and a wonderful women's health program within that VA medical center. And anything that is not covered by the VA for those VA-eligible veterans, they have partnerships within the community for female veterans to be able to get the health care that they need that's unique. But what a lot of female veterans are telling us, too, is the lack of um, peer support. Uh, Peer counseling, peer support is very important to female veterans. You know, you might think that, well, you know, male veterans, you know, and the battle buddies, and, you know, that's important to the the male veterans, too. But female veterans are less likely to self-identify. If you ask a, a group of women, are any of you veterans, they are many times hesitant to say, yes, I'm a veteran. Why? However, if you ask, have you ever served in the military, you'll be able to identify more female veterans. Why is and that? So, well, a, you know, a combination of reasons. One is, you know, maybe they feel they haven't served long enough or they weren't in combat or, um, you know, they don't belong to a veteran service organization, you know, a lot of different reasons. And then the other thing is, you know, typical of, of women is that we spend a lot of time taking care of everyone else, you know? Right. We take care of our children, we take care of our partners, we our take parents. care of our parents, we take care of our coworkers, and who do we take care of last? It's okay. ourselves. And so I just think what the Giordano Foundation is doing is going to be a wonderful initiative um, that there will be many positive outcomes for the female veterans in your area. It's, it's just I'm just thrilled to be involved with these ladies. And you are going to be a great help all along the way, and thank you for everything you've done so far in Rochester and for the help you're going to bring us in Westchester. We really appreciate it. Anything else our listeners need to oh, know this welcome. morning? I would just say, you know, to just always think about how you might be able to serve. If you haven't served in the military, you know, maybe you could support a, a veteran family or get involved as a volunteer. You know, every veteran service organization, like the Giordano Foundation, they need volunteers, you know. So if there's an opportunity to step up and give, you know, an hour or four hours a week or a month, whatever that looks like in your schedule, I really encourage volunteerism. That's Josine Henderson, retired Sergeant Major, being honored Friday, October 14th in Westchester. Now, the best thing you can do for the Giordano Foundation that serves women veterans is to come to that dinner. Meet women who have served and support the people who are supporting them. Visit GiordanoFoundation.org. And don't worry if you think you won't know anyone at the dinner on the 14th. You can sit next to me.
Hi, it's Casey, and this is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. Timothy Keller is back with us. He has helped to launch over 300 churches in our country, including the Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City. He's written many books on God. The latest is called Making Sense of God. Pastor Keller, where do we begin? The book is trying to show people that it makes sense to believe in God and to be, and, and Christianity makes sense. Now, why not just say, here's the proof? You know, uh, or here's the case for God. And I think the answer is I'm trying in the book to show that no one can completely prove anything, that uh, you can't prove human rights, that everybody is equal, you can't prove that there is no God, you can't prove there is a God. But uh, we come to our positions through a combination of emotional, cultural, and rational reasons and, and processes. So you come to your conclusion not without reason, but always with some faith. And so what I'm trying to say here is that Christianity actually makes as much sense, if not more sense, than the alternatives. So in the book I say you need meaning, you need satisfaction, you need hope, you need freedom, you need identity. Everybody needs these things. Christianity gives you more resources, better resources, I'd argue, than the alternatives. So I'm not actually trying to prove Christianity is true. I'm just trying to say it makes more sense. Makes more sense to the heart, makes more sense to society. It's a, it's a little different than your traditional book saying, here's how I prove that you know Christianity is true. Right. Timothy Keller is our guest. It's like you're God's little... Well, that would be more in a book called Reason for God in which I'm, I'm God's lawyer. In this book, I'm actually not trying to prove a case. I'm trying to get you to look at your own life. So you see, if you say, well, I'm not religious, I say, okay, how do you find meaning? How do you get satisfaction? What, how do you get an identity? Where do you get hope? You know, and I say, are you, are you really getting what you need? Uh, here's the Christian resources. See, that's not that's that's a little bit more like a Christian counselor than a Christian lawyer. Right. I'd say. Or maybe a really good PR agent. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's also trying to promote. Yes, I agree. Okay. When did you become sure of your faith? Well, um, <clears throat> generally speaking, you become sure when your experience and your reason come together. So, for example, when you hire somebody, uh, you you hope that this is the right person. And you base that on rationality. You take a look at all your, you know, you, you look at the resume and you follow up the references and all that. But probably you won't be sure you hired the right person for a year or two, right? Mm-hmm. So in other words, you use your reason and then you then you make then you then you put your faith in the person. You hire them, and then as you actually experience working with them, then you come to the conclusion, hey, this was the right person. Same thing with God. Uh, you start with a lot of thinking. You, at a certain point, you have to put your faith in God before you ever get totally certain. And then after that, as you start living with him and he becomes more real to your heart and he becomes he, he comes through in your in various situations, you get to the place where the doubt pretty much diminishes. And I'd say for me, uh, you know, I'm an older man, so for me, probably by the late 20s, most of the main doubts were gone. Uh, and as years go by, you, you doubt other parts of your faith, but you tend to not doubt the heart of it. Right. How does God interact with us? Well, we interact with God, or God interacts with us, generally speaking, through what you might say, the Bible and prayer. So the Bible is God's way of speaking to us. This is the Christian version, by the way, of this answer. If you ask a Muslim or someone else, you might get a different answer. Of course you would. But in the way the Christians would say is, in the Bible, God's speaking to us. And when we pray, we're speaking back to God. So there you have a relationship. And generally, the Bible isn't just um, the relationship. As you just said, how does he connect to us here? 
that happens when the Bible becomes something that uh, you, you sensed in your heart. You sense God speak to you through the Word, the Bible, and then you speak back to Him. And that's, that's generally the main way. Now, that can happen individually in your home, or it can happen corporately in a service of worship where you're with other people in a church. When people say, but men wrote the Bible... Uh, well, yeah, the real question is, did, did God inspire the men to write the Bible or not? I mean, of course men wrote the Bible, and probably men, by the way. Uh, but it really, here's the question is, you know, were they inspired by God to write what they wrote, or were they not? And that's another debate. Right. When you get to heaven, Timothy Keller, mm-hmm. with, you've written so many books on this wonderful topic, and with your faith and with all you believe, how much of it do you think you're going to have gotten right Oh, um, I think, I, I, here's what I think. I think that the, you should think of truth as kind of a wheel with a hub and then spokes coming out. And I would actually think that the, that the, that the real, real basics, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And, you know, the real basics of faith, I think, we, I believe uh, that, that God has revealed them to us. They're nice and simple and we got them and we get to heaven, we're going to find that they're true. But I do think lots and lots of things we believe beyond that, out further away from the hub. You know, every every religion has all these beliefs about this is right and this is wrong. And you should, I think we get to heaven and we say a lot of that was we, we misunderstood. It seems to be in today's world, many people are at peace having no meaning in life or having meaning in, uh, you know, their Instagram account or their bank book or their bling. Well, in the book, I try to say you can find meaning in, you can create your own meaning. You know, you can just say, I, I get meaning through swimming, or I get through meaning through, um, you know, Instagram account or something like that. What I'm asking is, what kind of meaning, do you have a meaning that can stand up to suffering? When somebody takes your Instagram account away, do you have meaning that's resting in something that nobody can take away from you? Uh, Victor Frankl, uh, who was a, a you know, was in the death camps in World War II, was a Jewish uh, uh, you know, counselor, was a doctor. He saw that the people who believed in something beyond this life were able to keep going in a death camp. But if your meaning in life is your Instagram, or it's your body, or it's you know, you know, your your looks, or if it's a relationship with somebody, or if it's money or bling, then the death camp will take that away from you, and you'll just shrivel up and die because your meaning in life was something that actually was vulnerable. If you're a believer in God, or if you're a Christian, then you have a meaning in life that nothing in this world can take away, and therefore, no matter what the suffering is, you'll still have your meaning in life. So the real question is not whether you've got meaning in life. Anybody can get meaning in life anywhere they want. Do you have a meaning in life that suffering can't take away from you? That's the question I ask secular people. Mm, and I can feel some people right now saying, yes, I do, standing on that rock. And other people saying, maybe i got to find me a rock. I don't know. How much time do you spend practicing your faith like, or connecting with your source day to day? You mean like privately? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, an hour. Oh, no. You asked. You asked. Yeah, I no. told you. That's good. Like an hour all at one time? Yeah, generally. Okay. But actually, it works. I think it works better if you frame your whole life up, uh, your whole day up, by actually doing something in the morning, something at noon, and something at, in the evening. Uh, you know, the monks always did that. In the monasteries, they, they never just prayed in the morning. Uh, they always did something, you know, morning, night, noon, and night. And I, it's better if I do it that way, but I do always do the hour in the morning. You know, you inspired me last time we spoke, and my conversation with God now seems to go like all through the day. 
I'm talking to him all the time. Well, that should, that's what I mean. I think that's what the monastery, in the monasteries, you know, I think, I think the Benedictines have five or seven times of prayer during the day. You know, they work like an hour or two, and then they stop, and then they say a psalm or something. And that's, they, that's their idea. They want you to be doing it all day. And that, that's really the better way. Uh, Timothy Keller, in the seconds we have left, just give us, don't tell us what the words are, just give us a Bible uh, passage that we should look up today. Well, um, <laughs> I would say 1 Corinthians um, 6, verses 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. There's your homework. For more, visit timothykeller.com. And if you'd like a copy of his latest book, send me an email, caseyradio at gmail.com. Meanwhile, stay close for a final inspiring word on the way. You're listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey on 100.7 WHUD. If you have a question or want more information about anything you've heard on the show, email caseyradio at gmail.com. Information, fun, and inspiration. This is Shine On, the health and happiness show. Ladies, you know how good it feels to catch a glimpse of your own reflection and smile back at it. Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco can help refresh your reflection naturally. Long-lasting Thermage uses radio frequency to strengthen your skin. Thermage can help you regain a youthful contouring of your cheekbones and jaw. It works great on stretch marks and on your legs and around your knees, too. A Fraxel laser treatment pinpoints sunspots, scars, and wrinkles and stimulates your own natural collagen. Fraxel can help change damaged skin into glowing, healthy skin. Ladies, in less time than a yoga class or a mani-pedi, you can renew and rejuvenate your skin and smile back at your reflection. Take the first step today. Call Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Here's the number, 914-241-3003. And visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. When it comes to breast cancer, no one should walk alone. Form a team, join a team, or bring a friend to the American Cancer Society's Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk. It's Sunday morning, October 16th at Woodbury Common Premium Outlets and in Westchester at Manhattanville College. There's no fee to register, though contributions and donations are greatly appreciated. Sign up or donate today at makingstrideswalk.org. A reminder from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, I'm Queen Latifah. Even with heart failure, my mother remains strong. Because without strength, you lose hope. Together, we will rise above heart failure. To help prevent, improve, or manage heart failure, go to riseabovehf.org. Quality, patient-centered care that's close to home. That's Northern Westchester Hospital in Mount Kisco. Hi, it's Casey. During Breast Cancer Awareness Month, remember that Northern Westchester Hospital offers mammography and radiology in a private spa-like setting. It's called the Women's Imaging Center. The state-of-the-art technology includes 3D mammography that helps detect breast cancer early. You'll feel comfortable and cared for, and right after your screening, you can sit down face-to-face with a radiologist who will explain your results and answer your questions. I chose the Women's Imaging Center at Northern Westchester Hospital, and you can feel confident doing the same. Acclaimed as a Breast Imaging Center of Excellence by the American College of Radiology with Gold Seal Accreditation, representing the highest level of image quality and patient comfort. Every month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Make your appointment today. Visit nwhgetyourmammo.org. 
or call 914-666-1445. A hundred years ago, there were a hundred thousand tigers in the wild. Today, there are as few as 3,200. The Earth's wild animals can't speak up when they need help, but we can. Be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for sticking around for a final word. Since we have just seen and heard of the destruction Hurricane Matthew brought to our part of the world, we send our love and prayers to those affected by the storm and our blessings to those who are helping put things back together. From St. Matthew, we close with this verse. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey and Ella's Leash Production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. Shine On, the health and happiness show is made possible with support from the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Let Dr. David Bank recapture your youthful look. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show next Sunday morning from 100.7 WHUD.